into the kingdom for such a time as this. I was born into the kingdom for such a time as this. For such a time, for such a time as this. It's time for Q&A with Joe Ray. I'm running for the U.S. House 4th Congressional District in Oregon. You're invited to sit back, relax, and get to know me as I answer questions submitted by voters and concerned citizens. Send your questions to askperkinsfororegon at gmail.com. I won't be staying victory for such a time as this. I won't be staying victory for such a time as this. I won't be staying victory for such a time as this. For such a time, for such a time as this. That's right. Joe Ray singing in the background. It is Monday, right? Yeah. The day before... Uh, the elections. And on the phone with us right now is Joe Ray Perkins. Good afternoon, Joe Ray. Hello there. Oh, my gosh. Are you ready for tomorrow? Wow. Hold on. Someone got a little out of her clump there. For those of you that do not know that word, it means real choked up. <laughs> wow. Oh, my word. <sighs> So anyways, we yeah, song just, yeah, yeah, the song, the song just, it just hit me like a ton of bricks right then. Wow. Oh, Am I ready for tomorrow? I'm about as ready as I'm going to be, Robin. Yeah. So you want to give us Here's, a, uh, a quick update? We have- yeah, wow. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, I have gotten lots of phone calls from people. I am probably one of the very few candidates ever that puts their personal cell phone number in the voter guide. And I do that on purpose because I want people to know that they can actually talk to me. Well, and, uh, why don't we get a, get in a, a quick uh, elevator pitch of who you are and what you're doing? I guess we should do that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Joe Ray Perkins, and on your ballot the 4th Congressional District, you're going to see U.S. representatives. So I'm running for the U.S be your U.S. representative in Congress in Washington, D.C. Uh, let's see here. What else? I'm married. Met my sweetheart of a husband when I was 16, going on 17. We have been together 43 years. I just turned 60 years old a month ago today. A week ago today, sorry, last Monday. Two adult children, a wonderful daughter-in-law, a total of 10 grandkids. Oh, man, my background's financial planning and real estate banking, and my husband is a self-employed carpet installation contractor, and the bottom line is I'm a Main Street American. And why, so, why are you running for Congress? Well, besides the fact that I know it's something that I'm called to do, sort of like maybe somebody feels like they're supposed to be in service, even in in medical field or maybe in a ministry type of of uh, calling, uh, journalism, whatever, that's what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing at this stage of my life. Um, a lot of it's because of what's going on in this country. I'm, I'm a solid constitutional conservative. We've got, we're supposed to be a nation run by a, the, the rule of law. We've, uh, we're supposed to run underneath analysis and not under a dictatorship. And uh, it's time we get some people in there that have some backbone and are going to say, no, this is wrong. Wrong is wrong. You can put 
let's do the gone pig, Bill a pig. <laughs> and uh, so we got to get people in there that, that are going to do the right things for this country, and that is me. All right, so, you, so there you have it. There we go. <laughs> right there, folks. And uh, you're right uh, on the campaign trail. I'm sure you've had talked to a lot of people, got a lot of questions. And uh, do you want to share some of those? I will. So, yeah, so I got a phone call earlier today, received a phone call from a lady. She said, well, I see there are two names on the ballot. Why should I pick you over him? And this is nothing against the other candidate on your ballot. He is a fine gentleman. I have a lot of respect for him. He's already run the last three times for the same position, and he's already lost the last three times for the same position. And each time by a wider margin. So, for whatever reason, at the end of the day, he's not resonating with enough voters to be able to displace the incumbent who just started his 30th year. So um, that was what I started with, with her. And she's voting for me because she, we had a chance to talk a little bit about where I'm coming from, my conservative values, knowing that this is what I feel very strongly is called, and I'm a Christian and I don't hide from that. And this is what I feel that God has called me to do, as I just mentioned a few minutes ago. Um, for this next phase and and that phase will not last more than 12 years in the house and or senate combined um but we're talking the house today so um i'm for term limits but um so that's a big question is is why and what makes me sure that i'm not going to have have my brain sucked out by the washington dc vortex um and one of the biggest concerns that people have is that sellout, and that's what I call being having your brain sucked out. And we see it time and time and time again, and that's the establishment people. And they end up getting wooed by the money. Well, money doesn't do anything for me. I, I've been in sales for the vast majority of my adult life, and money has never been a huge motivator for me, which is crazy when you're in sales, when you get paid based on commissions. Um, because I always put my clients first. It didn't matter. So and that, if, if it's not the right thing for, the, for my clients, then it's not the right thing. And it was irrelevant to me what, what my paycheck was going to look like because I knew God would always make sure that I was provided for and that my, my husband and children, you know, we've had enough. So I had something happen um, over the last um, week or so. Um, when Donald Trump came to Eugene, I went. And I had somebody that has been a, a Facebook friend for many years, and I've, and I've met him face-to-face. -face. I used some language that was uh, just a little bit too colorful, and I blocked him because he also made another not-nice comment, and I blocked him. So I get an email from him the next day apologizing. He felt very, very bad about what he said. He was sick about it. And if I would unblock him, he would send a donation to my campaign. And I said, I'm not for sale. No, I don't take bribes. Uh, it was that simple. It's like, no, this is a non-negotiable in my life. I'm not for sale. You can't buy me. 
so, um, yeah, I mean, he pleaded. And I said, no, maybe after the primary, I might unblock you. But for now, no, not going to do it. I don't want your money. That's fair. So, um, it, you know, right is right. And we need to have some, uh, we need to have some ethics and, uh, have people that, that have the guts to stand up and say no when it means no. So when I get to Washington, D.C., and yes, political action committees, they're going to give me money. I know they're going to give me money. Well, let me rephrase. They're going to give the campaign money. And between now and in the future, any money that we get from any uh, political action committees, they will get a letter from me. And the letter is pretty much just going to say, Thank you very much for your donation. Uh, please understand that when I am in Washington, D.C., as a representative, as a congresswoman, I will vote according to what the Constitution says the role of the federal government is. Is acceptable to you? Great. If it is not acceptable and you want your money back, we'll return it to you. Yeah, but you know those two those two items right there make you go against the pack, doesn't it? Though, and isn't that refreshing? You know, I mean, if you think about it, because there's actually political action committees out there that are going to go. Thank you. We want to know where people are standing, and we want to know that they're going to do the right thing. Because there's actually, Robinson, there's actually political action committees out there who are for the Constitution, and that's what they want. They want the government to get back to the job of the Constitution. Now there's those out there that, that want, you know, hey, we're going to give you money and shake hands, and you're going to make sure that, that our agenda gets passed. And the answer is no, I'm not going to do that, because it has to be according to the Constitution. It's just that simple. And quite honestly, it's it doesn't matter to me if I get – PAC money or not, because PACs can't vote for me. People vote. Well, are you ready? And I want the vote of the people. Are you ready for a tough question? I'm ready for a tough question. Okay. Uh, Kind of along the PACs and other issues, as you know, it's uh, typically for somebody to get elected, especially into high office, they have to have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And I know you're not a millionaire. Not by any stretch of imagination. We have not won the lottery yet, people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what, what your, what's your feelings comments on that? I think it's ridiculous the amount of money that is spent to win a campaign. Um, for a job that the gross income is $174,000 a year, and I know people think that's a lot of money. It really is not in the grand scheme of things because you're paying for two households. Because you're going to be back, you know, in my case, almost 3,000 miles away from home. Um, it's just too much money for to, the amount of money that's spent is, is just too much. The only positive thing about the amount of money that's spent on campaign is it provides jobs. And it gives other people income in the advertising, marketing industry, um, political consultants, that type of thing. That's the only positive part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we have raised, oh my gosh, I'm trying to think, and I don't know if this number is low or high, and I, we just did it, 
we just did a report, um, but I didn't look at the bottom line, including what we've put in. We're, we've done this with, I think, around $5,000, and we're going to win. Five grand to win a primary with an opponent that's well-known. Is that a shocker? Yeah, that would definitely send a message is that uh, money isn't everything. Uh, yeah, money isn't everything. What we've what we've done is we've used social media. We, I'm I'm on. You see my posts on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. I post a lot. Sometimes it's things like today. I had a two minute break. I was checking my email. Here's all these articles from World Net Daily, and I just tossed them up there. Here, check this stuff out. Doesn't mean I agree. Doesn't mean I disagree. Just means hey, read it. Be educated. Look at other things. Um, but but I, I I views out there, and I ask people to share my message. Share it, and they do. That was one thing I realized one day. I went, I think I just put please share, and all of a sudden it was going everywhere. And I went, wow! If you ask people to do something, they do it. It was amazing, um, and it was because they, they they agreed with my message, and so um, that's part of how we've done it. And uh, tomorrow night, at a few minutes after eight o'clock, or probably by eight thirty, I think we're gonna going to know for sure, but I have talked to people that um, they said everybody that they've talked to, my name is the one that, that's come up. In fact, I got a phone call today, and I just was able to call the gentleman back on my way way home from my other job, and uh, he had a couple questions for me about timber and mining, and he goes, well, to tell you, he goes, I've already sealed the envelope, and your name was already checked. We've already filled it in, and I, and I didn't talk to him yet. And I bet that so, he was very surprised that you actually contacted him. He was very glad that I called him back. The person that called me this afternoon, she was, you know, I kind of had a, you know, she wasn't expecting me to answer. She was expecting one of the, you know, volunteers or staff people to call. And, and uh, no, it was, it was me. Um, so we can do this on not a whole lot of money. Now, I know when I go up against the incumbent, it's going to change. And, and I'm, I'm not, we're not going to be able to do this for five grand. I know that. Um, it's going to take a lot of volunteers. Uh, it's, it's going to take a lot more money. He is going to work on framing me. He is going to work on making me look like I'm horrible, uh, like I have skeletons in my closet. Well, there's no skeletons. They escaped years ago. So they're not, maybe skeletons, but they're certainly not in the closet. Um, I have gone through some of the very tough things that that a lot of people in the 4th Congressional District have gone through. Um, You know, I I think I've mentioned this before. We were concerned at one point if we were going to lose our house. We know what it's like to not know if enough money is going to come in to pay the light bill to pay the mortgage. So we've been there. Um, we've been in private business. The only government job I've ever had, I have right now working at Oregon State University. I make less money today than I made in 1998. Isn't that shocking? So when the gas prices go up by 15 cents, you feel it like the rest of us. Absolutely. I certainly do. I sure do. Um, my husband with his with his van does not get good gas mileage. He hauls carpet in his work van. And, uh, you know, he gets like 12 miles per gallon in that van. So when gas, I mean, it was costing over $100 to fill the tank in that van. 
and the pumps shut off at a hundred bucks. I mean, that was killing us. Mm -hmm. So we, so we know what it, we understand. We totally get it. We, we know what happens every time the government says, well, gosh, it's only going to cost you a little bit more money. Well, you guys have been entrenched for so long. You are so out of touch with what the rest of everybody else goes through that you just, you don't get it. And, uh, I get it. So when the government totally says that, uh, oh, we have this new way of paying for roads uh, called the per mile tax, it's going to save you money. You're all for that, right? Well, I don't believe them. I mean, that, that's a, that's a state issue. I think they're full of garbage. Um, Good. That was a I, I was, yeah, I was, I was listening to something on the radio yesterday and now I have not been able to verify these numbers. I do not know where they got the numbers. So I'm going to put that out there as a disclaimer. Um, and I would love it if somebody said, I know exactly where, where to find that information. What they were talking about was affordable housing. And we know that housing prices have gone up and it depends on where you live um, as to what the cost of, of real estate is. Um, but what the person said is that to build a house today with all of the fees and all the systems development charges and everything that's gone, gone into everything, you know, all these permits, the average cost per home today is an additional $84,000. I believe it. And I went, wow. That is shocking. Absolutely shocking. Where are some of these coming from? Here's a great new example. And I posted this on Facebook today. I live in Albany. And the city is now looking at a new tax for us. I am so thrilled. This is the stormwater fee, and the city is going to start charging, and we don't know what, how they're going to do the formula. They're going to leave it up to the staff to come up with the formula. I don't know if it's going to be based on, on our lot square footage. I don't know if it's going to be based on the, roof, on the square footage of our roof line. I have no idea what they're going to be doing. Um, but we're going to get a new stormwater tax. Now, they're thing is, oh, it's to replace the storm pipes. Yeah. Doesn't no, that's not the water pipes, that's just the storm pipes. Yeah. Except I happen to know that it's coming down the pike because of an EPA mandate. It's not because they're not being diligent and taking care of the pipes, although I'm sure that's a big part of it. Um, they cannot manage other people's money. Um, but it's coming from the EPA. Because this water just goes straight into the rivers, and Lord knows we cannot allow stormwater to go straight into the rivers. Right. Well, it, it's we here in Springfield already have that, and those taxes are sixty-five percent of our bill. How much is it? What's your what's your water sewer bill down there? I'd have to look it up, but I can tell you that uh, water used to be on my bill, just going by memory, used to be about uh, fifteen dollars a month. And electricity was $60 a month, but uh, without breaking out um, the actual bill itself, my average, uh, the amount that I pay is 210 a month. Wow. And when you look at the, when you look at the breakdown, it's just kind of like, you're kidding me. And there's only two of you in your household, right? Well, right now it's just me. Just you. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, we are paying 
just my husband, well, my brother just moved out. My mother-in-law moved in. My water bill went up dramatically. Well, to me, dramatically. I happened to look at the chart last night because I'm going, why is the bill so high? Because I went online to pay it. And I went, that's, that spiked. And it's really weird how, why it spiked because it shouldn't have spiked. But our water and sewer for three of us um, is, over, is just over $100 a month. And that's just water and sewer. And um, years ago, they redid the uh, water sewer water treatment plant, and their goal was to increase our, our bill by 9% a year for nine years, and that's not 81% because it's compounded. So virtually it was going to double, which it, which it pretty much has. So, but a lot of these things are, are coming down from the federal government. In Albany, a few years ago, they built, okay, where we live, if I dig 18 inches down, Robin, I hit um, River Rock. Right. This is an old riverbed. This is wetlands. Where we live in the valley, the vast majority of the valley is wetlands. Um, they had to build a special area for the water from the water treatment plant to go into this man-made wetlands area at the tune of over $13 million so that the water goes through the ground, which is a good thing, but they have to make sure that when it enters the river, it does it at a specified temperature. Yeah, like it does when it rains. Exactly, because the water going in the way that it was going in was going in too warm, except for the problem is, is that where they did the testing, they didn't do the testing in the right place, and if they would have tested in more places than they did, they would have found out that the water was actually going in at much closer to the right temperature for the fish, but now they're sending it in colder. Exactly. Well, to kind of go along with that, and then I want to get more back to the election, because we can do a whole show on this. Um, oh, gosh, we can. I just pulled up my my utility bill, and out of uh, two hundred and eight dollars, uh, city sewer charges is forty one twenty two. Uh, the electric bill is uh, uh, sixty seven sixty one, but the basic charge as that's twelve thirty. Uh, water basic unit is uh, uh, fourteen dollars forty cents, and for three units of water, five eighteen. Then we get into uh, sewer sewer chart. Say that three times fast. Sewer billing. Basic charge is twelve thirty three. Sewer units fifteen twenty eight. Storm water fee thirteen sixty one. All for a total, if you add it up to about two hundred and eight dollars. So, but like I say, but your, but your electric bill is included in that. So if we take off the sixty eight dollars, so you're at one hundred and forty bucks, roughly. Yeah. So you know, and there, you know, I I know I think Springfield's pretty a little bit smaller than Albany, but I can just see the city people going. Uh, it's only thirteen dollars a month. Well, tell that to a person that's on a fixed income. It's only thirteen dollars a month. Well, like me, I make fourteen dollars an hour. Hey, you're making more than I do. Yeah. So, but anyway, <laughs> that's okay. That's where I am today. I'm not worried about it. But yeah. um, so so I. So here's here's the deal. I know what people are going through. I get it. Been there. Been through the good times, been through the bad times, and bounced back again. We need to get the federal government off of our land. They're violating the Constitution. 
We need to get our loggers back into the woods so that they can start logging on, quote, unquote, federal forest land, because it should not be federal forest land. It belongs to the state. It belongs to the counties, the people that live here. We've got to get them back to work. Unemployment is not 5.9% in the seven counties that I plan to represent. It is double-digit in almost every county. We can get them back to work, then get them off of the dole so they can hold their head up high and be able to provide for their children. We'll have less drug use. We will have less alcohol abuse. We will have less teenage pregnancy. We're going to have less crime um, because people are going to be working. They're going to be paying taxes. They're going to be able to buy cars and clothes and food and gasoline. And they're going to be happy and they're going to be paying their taxes and they're going to be proud again. And these are some of the things that we need to do is to get somebody in there who says, look, the timber people know how to take care of the land. They are not going to go in there and ruin it because that's their livelihood going to go in there and they know what they're doing. They're going to take care of it. The miners know what they're doing. They know how to take care of it. There's information on people that when they're mining in the rivers, um, when they when they get some turbidity and stir up the, the, uh, the gravel, the, by the next season, the, um, the salmon are happy because they can move that gravel around and the eggs can settle in there. The gravel gets so compacted that when the salmon do spawn, the eggs cannot settle into the gravel and the eggs go floating down the river and then we have a shortage of salmon. Mm-hmm. That's why we have the salmon shortage, not because of overfishing. So there's all these things that are going on that most people don't even realize what is happening. Um, timber is a renewable resource. Our homes are made out of timber. Our pencils are made from wood products. Our paper is made from wood products. So we've got to get taken care of the timber and let's get people back to work. Um, And none of this placating people and saying, oh, but we're going to let you cut this much. Uh, Rob and I can go on for hours. Just what I have learned by talking to literally four people about things that I didn't. And there's a lot more that I don't know about the timber industry, but they've got to get back to work. You know, and people don't flip off the log truck drivers when you, when they're driving by. I just talked to a to a log truck driver tonight on the way home. He goes, "Oh, a day doesn't go by that someone doesn't flip in the bird," and it's not because they're hauling. Right. But, you know, these are hardworking people. They're proud people. Um, we're not going to make it in service industry. You can't make enough money. You know, working in flipping burgers and lodging and stuff. The money is just not there. It's, you know, it's a good job, but it's not really enough to really support a family that well. Well, and speaking of that, uh, getting up into the jobs aspect, $15 an hour minimum wage. Well, that's a state issue. Um, but I'm glad you brought that up because as I was talking about this timber, what kind of money do you think those guys make? They make more than $15 an hour. And women, I don't want to just, don't want to be gender specific here, but for the men and women that are out there working in the woods, um, timber fallers, working the, the skitters, driving the trucks, I guarantee you they make more than $15 an hour when they're allowed to work and then there's enough wood out there. Right. And there's plenty of wood. The amount of wood that, that the government is saying that they can cut on the, 
government-owned forest land is so far below the sustainability rate, it's ridiculous. And what's happening is we get forest fires. The majority of them are started by, by um, lightning strikes, and they're going up in flames. And then they're not even allowed to get out there and start cutting or, or harvesting and, and, and doing some salvage on that burnt timber because of all the paperwork they have to do, that the worms get into the wood and destroys the wood. So now it's not good for anything. So not only do they not get to get that wood off the land that's now been burned, what can be salvaged, they can't get in there and they can't replant because of just the paperwork that they have to do. Oh, absolutely. So what other, uh, in your travels, what other questions or, uh, or issues have been brought up? Oh, let me see here. Let's see. So we had two on the mining this week. Um, why vote for Joe Ray? Um, how do we know you're gonna, not going to sell out, which I've answered that one. Um, how do you feel about gun rights, uh, gun control? I do have my concealed carry. Um, I stand behind our Constitution, Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. It says you have the right to own firearms, own guns. It's your right as an American citizen. The other question that has come up is the Muslim question Um, and Donald Trump and his stance. Well, this is not the first time that this country has said no. Now, they were in the past, it was specifically to a country. So I suppose we can say no immigrants from Syria, no immigrants from Iran, no immigrants from wherever. So if people want to freak out, we can pick a country or two or three or four. But here's the bottom line. It's already known fact that that militant people are sneaking in with the honest refugees. That's a known fact. We should not be going into Libya and toppling their government like we've to become westernized or in Egypt or in Syria. They need, and I'm going to pick on Syria right now because that's, what's going on this is these are issues they have dealt with for over a thousand years they need to figure it out we cannot solve their problem however when it is a direct threat on americans then we need to protect americans and we need to protect american soil that is the number one job of the federal government is to protect us from enemies foreign and domestic so when we've got people that are coming here to destroy Americans and to destroy America, the federal government needs to step up to the plate, and they need to make sure that we're taken care of um, and, and protect us. So, but our job is not to go all over the place, all over the globe, and, and, and be in all these battles. Um, we were dead in Afghanistan. We should not have gone back into Afghanistan. If we have a minor military presence there just for intelligence gathering, that's a different thing, but we need to do it the right way. We need to not have our generals talking to the media, let them do their thing and not tip our hand and give them the playbook. So, but, you know, back to the Muslim thing, and it's not against Muslims. I have talked to several Muslims. We've got several students um, at Oregon State University where I work. I've talked with many of them. I'll tell you, there's a couple of the male students that I'm scratching my head and going, hmm. Uh, I'm not saying they've been radicalized, but they're a little bit hardline compared to other students from, uh, you know, whose faith is Muslim. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I've talked to others that are that are great. I talked for 30 minutes the other night to my son's next door neighbor. Great man. I, you know, I really like him. He's actually getting ready to go back to Saudi Arabia. He's been in the United States for 10 years, and he got a job at a university, and he's excited to take his wife and kids back to Saudi Arabia. Um, he misses home. So, and a lot of the Syrian res- refugees, they, they miss home. They want to be where they're, where they want to be. So um, it's not an easy answer, but we cannot just keep importing all these people. We don't know who they are. It was already happened several months ago in Germany where they uncovered thousands of fraudulent passports. So you can't just look at their passport and go, okay, you're good because there's no record of them. You can't run fingerprints because there's not going to be any fingerprints on them because they where, where are we going to get this this information from? Interpol? I don't think so. Right. They're it, not on the radar. In a sense, it'd be like a chess game. You can't win the chess game if you don't protect your king. Exactly. You know? Exactly. You've got to protect. Yeah. So it's and what, yeah. I, like, what I like to point out is, if I may, is regarding not just the Muslim but the immigrant uh, issue altogether. As a sovereign nation, technically, we don't have to let anybody in. Exactly. We we need to not let people, so many people, and we, we have a huge uh, illegal immigrant population. Uh, I can understand that, that they want a better life. It's not about not somebody to have a better life and cutting them off. It's about the rule of law. It's about all these other people that have stood in line, quote unquote, and waited and came in the legal way. And I've talked to people that are from Mexico that have come here legally. They don't like illegal illegal Mexicans coming here. They don't want it because they're going, I paid the price to get here the right way. Um, so the situation is easily solved. I think every state should pass an E-Verify law. And if they don't pass the verification, then they don't have a job and they will self-deport, which, by the way, has already happened when we had the big um, economic downturn that we went through start in 2008, um, 2009. A lot of illegal people went back to their homeland because they didn't have any jobs. On that, so that we already know. On that note, and I didn't know this until recently. Sanctuary cities. Yep. I guess Oregon is one. Oregon has several sanctuary cities and sanctuary counties, and people can go online and and see that. Uh, come on, people! Why are you putting your 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 citizens at risk? It it it. it doesn't make sense to me. And I'm not saying that all illegals are criminal at all. I'm not saying that. So please, people, do not put words in my mouth. Um, except for they're a criminal because they're here illegally. Exactly. So breaking the law is breaking the law. And um, if you're here illegally, you need to go back. And we have guests. Oregon has got a great guest worker program that the farmers use for, for their migrant farm workers. It's worked for years. So for those people that, that want to work, get signed up to be a guest worker. Come here, work. They'll, they bring you in. They get you set up. You have your job. You finish. You're either going to go on to the next farmer when you're set up with them or you're going to to have your transportation and go back home so that you can make money to take care of your family. But you know what, Robin? Let's help them get set up in their own country with jobs. 
they're sending most money back. They claim 10 people on their tax returns, so they pay very little income taxes. And they send it home to take care of their family. So I understand why a lot of people come here illegally, because they want to improve their lot in life. Um, so I'm not being hard-hearted. But we have a high unemployment rate. We've got a high teenage unemployment rate. They need to be able to have an opportunity to go to work. And at the end of the day, whether somebody is liberal or conservative, so for those of you that may be more liberal, vote Democrat, I want you to answer this question. Would you agree that our children and grandchildren, your children, your grandchildren, should have the same opportunity of success just like you and I have to define that however they want, whether it's to work really hard and build a mega corporation like Apple or just to go to work, do their thing, and come home and hang out with their families. Shouldn't they all be able to define their own success? Absolutely. And nobody's answered to me no yet. Because, see, there's a lot more at the end of the day, Robin, that we agree on, whether we're liberal or conservative, than we disagree on. Let's start finding out what we agree on. We can agree we need jobs. We can agree taxes are too high. We can agree that the government is meddling in every area of our lives. There's so many things that we do agree on. We can agree we want our kids to have the best education possible. And I think we can also agree on versus some of the other candidates that have said, we need jobs, we need this. Doray, you have given examples of how we're going to accomplish that. Yep. And uh, it's, it's doable. Government does not create jobs. Jo- government throws up roadblocks to jobs. And the government needs to get out of the way. Let entrepreneurs be entrepreneurs. There's a great book I recommend everybody read called The 5,000-Year Leap. Um, it was written by Cleon Skousen, S-K-O-U-S-E-N, Cleon. That's Leon with the C at the beginning. Um, and it talks about why, what makes America, America. And how is it that we got here so rapidly? And why, why this country that so many people want to get to? Mm-hmm. It's because of the American dream, because they see it. And for those people who love Bernie Sanders and want all the giveaways, the people that I've talked to that have come from Europe, from socialist countries, they look at me, uh, several, many of them have had tears in their eyes because they left socialism. Right. Because they know what it's like to live underneath such control. And they said to me, Joe Ray, Americans have no idea what they're doing. They don't get it. But see, these people that have been immigrated here illegally in socialist countries, and even ones that have come here illegally, they are here because they know there's opportunity here. But the ones that have gone through socialism and through dictators and communism, they do not want to see this great nation go down that same road. So please, folks, get the 5,000-year leap. It's a small paperback book. It would probably take you two weekends to read it. It's very easy read. And don't fall for the Obama phone effect. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, and, and, and you know me, Robin, I'm, I'm fair. In all fairness, the quote-unquote Obama phone. Was not from Obama. We've been paying for that 
for years it was around pre-Obama, but it has expanded to more people. And, but that's a symptom of the fact that we have so many people not working, underemployed. Um, so, it's, I mean, that, that's just a symptom of, of this false recovery that, that we're in. And, I, you know, I'm not one for doom and gloom. I, I, I will look for the silver lining on every cloud that I can. Um, when one door closes and another door is going to open, you have to have your eyes. Uh, you know, you've got to be awake to see it. So, um, and you, you don't give up. Don't say, oh, well, it was me. And for those people that are that are really frustrated with what's going on out there and they say, oh, I can't make a difference. Oh, and there's something else I'm going to bring up here in a second. Okay. Get involved. Find out what committees are open at your city council. They have all kinds of committees that are there for citizens. Get on one. If you're, if you like Aviation, get on your airport vehicle, get on your bicycle committee. If you want to see your streets clean, get on the cleanup committee. There are so many committees. There are, there's the school boards, the fire boards, the water boards, and not waterboarding. <laughs> get on them. But the thing that, I know, I said at one time, and somebody going, waterboarding? No, the water boards. Um, water commissions. Last Thursday, the gentleman who was elected for two terms to serve as the president of the United States passed out an executive order mandating, say demanding, every school district open up their restrooms and their locker rooms to transgender students. Now, before I go any further, again, I'm not against, I don't understand transgender. So I'm going to put that out there. I don't understand it. However, we are talking such a minute portion of the student population. I called the Albany School District and talked to the spokesperson there. He said to me, we are going to comply, to which I went, comply? Hmm. You know, they complied in Germany under Hitler, and millions of people lost their lives. Yes, but tell the folks the penalties. I don't even know what the penalties are, because I haven't read it. The guy told me they don't even know what's in there. I said, oh, you don't know what's in there, but you're going to follow this mandate, and you don't even know really what's in this. uh, He told me it was 15 pages. You don't even know what's in there. So what are the penalties? Oh, 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 the penalties. Yes, they do know what the penalties are. I'm sorry. My brain went somewhere else. Obama has threatened to withhold the funding, the federal funding, to the school districts. He cannot legally do that. That is what a dictator does. This is a constitutional republic. Checks and balances. He has no legal authority to put out that mandate. None. Zero. Nada. Zilch. And you cannot stick it in executive order, which, by the way, isn't even constitutional. Okay. If I can jump There's, in here for just a second. When the government does this, because we don't have under, – under our system, uh, the only way that we can jest that the government do something whether we like it or not is through our representatives who – at the last election that we put in a lot of Republicans trying to say 
hey, and they went, yeah, we promised, but they didn't follow through. Joe Ray, put you on the spot again. Where is it in the Constitution? It's the job of the federal government to tell the schools they have to do this and they have to do that. It's not their job. It's not the Constitution. It's cut and dry. There's some, some things that are so black and white, and there are a lot of representatives and a lot of senators who are ticked off. Now, we already have gender-neutral restrooms. I see them at the store. Family, they're called family restrooms. They're unisex. There's not a problem with those. But let me tell you the problem. I, I, had, um, I met with three uh, high school seniors yesterday afternoon. Um, all three of them are 18 years old. They are in AP government at Crescent Valley High School. I asked them what they thought about this. They don't like it. They're uncomfortable with it. And I said, okay, so let me ask you, does anybody shower? You know, I, you know we, we had to dress down all the time and shower and stuff when I went to high school, but it's not as prevalent as it was when I went to school, I guess. So that was the first question I asked them is, you know, what about, you know, some of the sports and stuff, having to shower afterwards? And they said, well, you know, it's not that much, but, you know, there are, are times. And I go, so how would you feel, guys, if a girl decided that she's, you know, she's possibly not straight? She doesn't say that she, that she identifies as a man, but she looks masculine. So, you know, she comes in because this is how she's comfortable, and she dresses down and jumps in the shower. How do you feel? All three of them were uncomfortable. Now, we're talking, Robin, we're talking 18-year-olds. Right. Now, one of these goes, oh, yeah. No, they were, all three of them were very uncomfortable at the thought of it. It was amazing. Now, to go one step further, one of these young men works for city-owned swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, we know that people shower after they've taken, after they've gone swimming. Right. Right? Pretty normal. Because they want to get all the chlorine and everything off and get their hair washed and whatever. They were told this week, if they see a male figure, a male adult, a male child, you know, teenage, whatever, going into the female locker room, do nothing. Yep. Kidding me? So I Do nothing? I see two things wrong with one, you know, what you're talking about. And two, Obama, was it Obama only that just decided that, hey, this is what we're going to do? Was it a committee? Who who made the ultimate decision to pass this, this uh, ordinance? Well, it's not an ordinance. Or this law, whichever. It's not a law. It's a mandate. What is a mandate? It is a demand, and who makes demands? Dictators. Right. I guess that's my point. And a, So he is demanding that the school districts do this, and now the city is doing it, going, we're going to look the other way. Now, this is, folks, this is a pedophile's dream. This is a pedophile's dream come true. And So fill me in here. It was just President Obama, not anybody else, not Congress, anybody else, that just says we're going to do this. Is that right? Nope. That is right came from the Obama administration. So where's Congress on this? Where's the, where's the lawmakers? Where's the people that are supposed to, I don't know. where's our checks and balances? I, 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 
have not seen a whole lot of uproar from them yet. Now, in all honesty, past couple of days, I've been pretty busy and have not looked a whole lot to see what they're saying. Um, I'm off the next two days, uh, although I will be at Lynn Benton Community College most of the day tomorrow. Um, but I will have my laptop with me, and hopefully I can get online onto the Internet. Right. Well, the other question. And I'll be and I'll be doing some looking because here's the deal, folks. Hold your elected officials' feet to the fire. Exactly. Contact them. Contact your local school. Find out if they're going to comply with the Oregon Education Association directive, which is to comply. Find out who your school board members are. I promise you, on Wednesday, I'm going to be contacting the Greater Albany Public School System school board members. Every one of them. I am going to contact them and say, this is ridiculous. And you can, We cannot, you know, ha- have some guts, people, and say no. Have some guts. Well, and to take, and I hope you'll come back on and tell us what you found out. But also, if you take a look at it, too, I mean, this is just one issue. What else, what other mandates can they come down with? And, well, we've already seen Obamacare, but other things they can do. Joey, we got eight minutes left in the program. Again, we got what? Tomorrow uh, is the last day you can cast your ballot, and then that's. You can cast your ballot tomorrow for the primary. You need to have them into a drop box by no later than 8 p.m. So please do not expect to get there at 8.01 and be able to get your ballot put in. Every single vote. I'm going to put this plug up. I am backing Bruce Cuff, C-U-F-F, Bruce Cuff for governor. Mm-hmm. The man is a patriot. The man is a Christian. The man loves his country. And he's a Main Street American. He, he's a real estate agent. Before that, he was a, he worked in the tire industry selling tires um, and working and training and stuff in tires. Um, he's a Main Street American, lives in a small town called Mahama outside of uh, north north of or excuse me east of salem so i think that bruce is a great person uh the other two quote-unquote front runners are uh you know they're they're well off they've done a great job financially um uh you guys have seen the ads out there both of them have given heavily to the democrat party um one of them gave money was endorsing was was in charge of an of a uh, political action committee that endorsed 30 Democrat uh, candidates over the Republican candidates at a time when he was, if I, my, my memory serves me correct, and I'm pretty sure I'm right on this, he was the chairman for the Oregon Republican Party. Shocking. Yeah. Um, and the other one has backed Obamacare. So uh, Bruce Cuff. Secretary of State, I'm going for Sid Lichen. I, sorry, Dennis. I told Dennis I was going to vote for him, and then I asked them both a question, and Sid had the had the right answer. And, Sid, and Dennis didn't. Sid Lichen was a great so, Springfield too. He did a lot for Springfield. Yes, yes, he did. Sid got Sid got um, the hospital in the Springfield away from Eugene. That was huge for Springfield. Um, so uh, again, he's he's a solid guy. He's got a, a background in in the timber industry, and uh, and then Jeff Goodman for for uh, treasurer. I think he'll he'll do a good job as a treasurer. Um, as far as the other position that's out there, man, I'm torn between two candidates. I can flip a coin between uh, 
Callahan and Carpenter. Mm-hmm. I just, it, it is, it's, it's like, oh my gosh, did you guys have to run against each other? Because I'm, I'm torn. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, this is like the one, the one seat that I'm just like, I think I'm going to write an S on one side of a quarter and an M on the other and flip it. I mean, I'm literally in that, that torn that I, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was asked who could beat uh, Wyden, and I gave two gentlemen. And then I heard the other one speaking again the other day, and I went, oh my gosh, you can beat him too. So uh, anyway, so that, that's where it is there. Perkins for Oregon. Dot com. You can go onto my website. You can send an email, PerkinsforOregon at gmail.com to make it easy or through my email or through the website. Facebook is Perkins for Oregon. My Twitter is at Perkins, the number four, Oregon. Um, I'm for Oregon. I'm for America. I'm for such a time as this, which is, as you know, why we've got that song playing. I love that song. I'm, I'm so confident, and that's why I was so choked up at the beginning, because I'm just going, wow. Exactly. And, wow. And Tomorrow night in Albany, 7 p.m. For those that want to join us, we're going to be at Pop's Branding Iron. We're just going to hang around, eat, get some dinner, get some dessert. It is no host. Again, remember, we run a tight ship around here. We are not the kind of campaign that has hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting around waiting to be spent because it's other people's money, not frugal with it. Um, so we're going to be at Pop's Branding Iron at 8 o'clock. We're going to turn on the TV. We're going to have the computers booted up, ready to go to start checking the returns. 9 p.m., whoever wants to go with us, we're headed over to my church, Jesus Pursuit Church. We're going to sing some songs, praise God, and we're going to pray for America. And I want to remind people that if you still have questions on the fence or whatever, uh, the uh, emails that uh, the contact information Joe Ray just gave out, gave out, you can also send us an email, talk at krbnradio.net. We'll forward that over to Joe Ray. Joe Ray will answer your questions. And uh, even after, if she gets elected, she will still answer your questions. She will be in touch. It will not be a form letter. Right, Joe Ray? It will not be a form letter. Uh, I will say I have gotten three emails. The emails were exactly the same. They were sent from three different people. And um, I copy and pasted because it was exactly the same question, and go. the answer was not going to change because the answer was the, was the same answer. So I didn't change the answer. So that's about as close as you're going to get to me on a form letter if they had changed their question at all. So you know what, guys, if you see a form letter, they're going, oh, send the candidate this question, change it. And be respectful too. No. Hundred thousand e- emails, you can't answer them all. So <laughs> I can't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was it was only three, but you know, because I had to go back at the second time I got got one. I went, wait a minute. I thought I just answered. I answered this question the other day, and I went back and went, oh, it's from a different person. Okay. Then um, it was about the debt. No new debt. I had signed the no new debt pledge. Um, I've signed the term limits pledge. Um, I've signed the no new taxes pledge. We need to reduce taxes. That's a whole other story for another time on where I am on, on the tax situation. Um, let's just say I'm anti-federal income tax. Um, and there's a better solution. Save us more money anyway. Well, so, Robin, thank you so much. You're a wonderful friend. And uh, thank you. You're very welcome, Joe Ray. And, and again, invite people to subscribe to our channel and stay tuned. Uh, Joe Ray will come on again. And, uh, again, answer your questions. And don't be shy. Um, she's more than happy. Joe Ray, again, thank you again for coming on. I wish you the best of luck tomorrow. And uh, uh, we'll schedule and come on and see what happens. 
All right. That sounds good. And, Robin, give me a call tomorrow, and uh, we'll talk after 8 o'clock. Absolutely. So, folks, you still have an opportunity to get those ballots in. Tomorrow's a deadline. Hand deliver them to the uh, the drop boxes, the libraries, and other places that will accept it. Don't mail them in. They won't make it on time. Do not mail them in. And they can go online to OregonVotes.gov to see where drop boxes if they don't know. Absolutely. So, again, Joe Ray, thank you very much. Thank you all for listening. And uh, I'll be back very soon. Joe Ray, again, good luck. Thank you. Thank you much. Talk to you soon. Thank you.